So I hope everybody enjoyed that video. It's one of uh, one of my favorites. It was uh, it's been a, well, a very long time uh, since that video came out, but I was glad to be able to find that again. Uh, so what I loved about the video that uh, I mean inspired others. This uh, who was the video for? Not necessarily the team, and it was showing teamwork, but it also that showed that inspiration of one leader doing the thing that needed to be done, and then the whole team going out and uh, wanting to be like-minded and do the exact same thing. And then the receptionist there, she was inspired to uh, do the same, even though she worked there and she probably didn't need any dental work done. She was able to go in and do out, do the thing that it needed to be done. And uh, there will be a day I wanted to share with you just really quick that there will be a day when you face some things alone and you must have a resolve within you to go through it. I think about David really quick, David and Goliath, how he had a whole uh, army of Israel behind him and the whole the whole army was afraid to go up against this mighty uh, Goliath. But David went out there and uh, though that there were an army behind him, he was alone on the battlefield. And when he was alone on the battlefield, he had to rely on God. And he had the confidence in God that he was able to do what he needed to do. And once the, the, uh, Goliath was defeated, uh, the army won and the Philistines ran away. But all it takes is just one to do the things. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about that one, the one that we are following today. And uh, the, my message on today will be called Follow Me. So let's get out your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, whatever uh, um, device that you're going to be using this morning. And I want you to go to Matthew uh, chapter 16. It's a familiar scripture for some. It may be new for others, but I want to just read this to you on this morning. And that's Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. I'm going to be reading through the 26th verse. If you have it, you can say amen. I won't hear you, but I'm definitely glad that you are uh, being a part and participating. Oh, my goodness. I passed that. All right. The word of the Lord. And starting at the 24th verse, and it says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man that profited that he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And I was thinking about uh, David and Goliath. What? No one's around. Who? How do I follow? And as I read this theme scripture, this is right after Jesus had uh, been telling the disciples what was to come to pass and that how he was going to be persecuted and that he would have to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And, and like and like uh, like the standard Peter, he was he was like, God, it's not going to happen. I'm just paraphrasing. Uh, if you would read this uh, in this previous scriptures here in the previous scriptures here in Matthew 16, that he was like, it's not going to happen, God. I'm, let it be so for me that I, there is nothing that's going to happen to you. And he had to rebuke Peter. And he said that this must, this must be done, that, the, uh, that I had to go through this thing for the sins of the world. So Jesus was breaking it down, and he, he was telling us in this scripture is that you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. And this today, also what I want to share with you guys is the, 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 the tenets of when you're following after God, these are the things that you need to do. These are the things or these are the steps, if you will, that you will have to do to be able to follow Christ. Jesus begins when it's, as he's doing this. He says, deny yourself. What is that? That means that denying death 
to yourself, abandoning your desires, your opinions, uh, everything that you're willing to lose that you deem is valuable to yourself. And I know that it's not easy. Uh, Secondly, to take up your cross, which is surrendering on repeat. Can you say that? Surrendering on repeat. Supporting something larger than yourself, the kingdom of God, doing your part in the kingdom of God specifically designed for you, for you. Hence, this is the cross, your cross that you have to bear. And lastly, following him, surrendering on time. And I want to bring that out to you. It says doing what he says and how he says it to the, get the best results and outcome for obedience. Because if you uh, and if you find a breakdown in any of this, you can use this as a guide when you're following after God. If you are a part of any organization or relationships, I found this to also be true. And you could do it your way. This is the caveat is you could do it your way uh, if you would like. But don't get upset if the results don't come out in your favor or as you expected. There will uh, there were many before you have tried to help God, but uh, helping God rather than follow. But you will only get so far when you do this. Okay, so denying yourself really quick. It says the word tells us it is foolish to think that denying yourself and putting anyone or anything else before you will elevate you or promote you. It's foolish thinking for the world. But as as God has constantly showed us throughout his word, that uh, his word tells us that his ways are not our ways. He doesn't follow the same set of rules that we follow. He makes the rules. He doesn't have to follow those rules. We must remember that we are in God and in his hands. He is so trustworthy. And who would not want to be in the master's hands that that someone that's so trustworthy, the master creator and uh, who has an unexhaustive supply. Does that make any sense? That makes perfect sense to me that I want to be in the hands of someone who could make it happen the way that I need it to happen for me. When we submit ourselves to God, he will not forsake us. I know the word of the scriptures that says that uh, I was young and now I'm old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken, never, nor seen the seed begging for bread. And if that is the case, why not follow after God? Why not adopt his way of doing things? Why not adopt and believe that what he tells us is right? And it is true. Instead of listening to the world who tells us to put yourself first, put yourself out there and do what you do, uh, do whatever you like, serve yourself. Your outcome is totally different from what you're doing and from what God can do for you. What how much more can you do for yourself? The world would have you believe that you are doing these things for yourself, but that's not true. Everything that we do, everything that we have accomplished, everything that we have gained is by the help of someone else through God. If I'm bold enough to say it through God, the help of someone else through God. And uh, also in denying yourself, you have to be willing to lose what you deem is valuable. You know, what's foolish telling God that you want to keep this and you fill in that blank, whatever that is, you're telling God that I want to keep this because I think this is the most valuable thing to me. And instead, what he has something far greater than your mind can even fathom. Does that make sense to you? I can't even fathom what God has prepared for me. But when I receive it and I've received many things from God, it blew my mind. It had me humbled and to tears when I realized that, man, if I, I'm so glad that I waited on God. I'm so glad that I, I walked out the way God told me to walk it out so that I could receive the things that I, that I never thought that I could have in my life, that I never would have imagined in my life. Now, had I just held on to those little things that I thought was valuable, 
I want to just keep it just like I want it. And I don't want to give you this, God, because I think that if I give you this, there's going to be nothing better than this little bitty thing from my itty bitty life. Give it to God. I'm challenging you to give it to God. Those things that you deem is valuable, deny it. And give it to them. I've heard it said uh, in these, these uh, motivational speeches, if you love something, you can, uh, if you literally love something, give it away. And if it comes back to you, it belongs to you. I don't know if that's all true. I just believe that if I give it to God, he can multiply it. If I give it to God, he can make it better than it ever was. But I want, I want to do my part. And I want you to do your part. Amen. Give it to God. Billing will be willing to lose what you deem is valuable. Take up your cross. And now I think this is like willingly, willingly surrendering on repeat. I was really glad to hear that. Uh, it was uh, brought to my spirit. I really love that. Willing to surrender on repeat. Because taking up your cross is, is a, it's a daily thing. God wants us not uh, giving God what he wants and not what we want him to have. I think about Cain and Abel, and that was the difference between those two brothers at the beginning. And you could read this story in Genesis that Abel was a man of, uh, he was a farmer, uh, not a farmer, but he was a shepherd over sheep. And, and Cain, he was a, a tiller of the ground, which he was a farmer. And so he brought his goods that he deemed was okay for God. And uh, Abel, his diff- the difference in his offering that he gave to God is he gave him the best of what he had. And he was able to be blessed. And Cain, of course, was jealous. So he wanted to kill his brother out of his jealousy in spite. But he had the same opportunities that Abel had. Abel gave his best and he had the opportunity to give his best. And that is like us sometimes. We get mad at other people uh, for getting blessed. But we have the same 24 hours that they've had. We have the same uh, the giftings. We have the same uh, opportunities and resources. But we use them all differently, right? And that's, that's what sets us apart. And you can say that I don't got much, as much bro- money as brother so-and-so does, but you have your portion. You have your portion of what you are been given. And what do you do with the portion that you have been given? Right. Do you hold back and you give God just what you want him to have and say, I'm okay with you having this much, oh Lord. I know that you gave me my life, but I just want to give you, here's 30 minutes of my life. And I know you gave me, and I'll just work with the other, other, other percentage of this life that you have given me. Or I know that you have given me so much money and uh, the the ability to gain this wealth and I get paid from my employment, but I'm only going to give you so much. And he's already asked only for 10 percent of what you've been what you've been given. And even that is a struggle for many of us because we want God to have exactly what we want to have. But when you are following after God, you have to give what he wants. It doesn't make any sense that you would, uh, and commonly, it doesn't make any sense that if you are have bills and you tell your bill collectors what you want them to have. I know that uh, I need to owe you, I know I owe you like $80 for this electric bill, but what I'd rather give you is uh, I got a whole bunch of old shoes that I don't need. How about you take that? Makes no sense, right? It makes no sense, but this is what we do to God. This is what we do to our creator. That we tell him what we want him to have and we want him to be okay with that. And some of us say that I ain't been delivered in that area or I'm still working on me. But you will be without excuse today. None of us will be without excuse. When when God desires everything from us, he means everything. And to trust him that he will give you the desires of your heart. Trust that he will give you things that is better, far better than you can ever imagine. Anything that we can ask or think. 
And uh, it's important for you to know what you're giving up. Because you can say that, yeah, we're willing to give up. And, I, and it's important also to know why you're giving these things up. Why do you know what you're giving up? Do you think that that little thing that you're holding on to, do you think that is going to sustain you? Is that something that's going to uh, keep you satisfied, keep you content for the rest of your life? Why not give that to God? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your children and you don't like the way it's supposed to be. Maybe it's your employment. Maybe it's your current condition, where your living situation is. Give that to God. And how do I give that? How do I give my kids to God? You can take a page from a book from, from Hannah. How do I give my kids to God? Giving it and surrendering it back to him so that he can make it great for you. That you would be blessed knowing, Lord God, that, that, that things that has been given to you is because he has blessed you with it. And you show him your appreciation by giving him that very best. Also think about uh, Abraham and Isaac and uh, how Isaac was uh, being ready to be sacrificed. He had to give God exactly what he wanted and God gave him something far better. He gave him that life. Knowing what you are willing to give up and why you are doing, why are we giving up those things? Why am I saying, hey, give up all that you have and give it unto God? Because you know why that there is a greater reward and not only for the reward because God always challenges us. He always lets us know that it's not going to be easy. So things that some things that you have been giving up, you may not get a replacement for because it wasn't intended for your life in the first place. Something that you picked up along the way, something that you desired for your life and you attached it to your life and you find out that this is not something that I needed in my life. But I've had it for so long that it's hard for me to give it up. And he's asking for those things today. He is asking them for them today. In uh, Romans 12 and 1-3, I want to read that to you. I don't even want to paraphrase. I just want to read it to you. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. May God have a blessing to the reading of his word. And this is something I've always loved. It's just living sacrifice because in times past when you make sacrifices on one-time use, right? You kill the fatted calf, you kill the doves, you kill the, the uh, livestock. And that was the sacrifice that got burnt up and then it was done. But he tells us, and Paul was telling the Romans in this scripture that you make yourself living sacrifices. That you sacrifice daily, you die daily. And then you will be able to, again, the next day you will be able to give something again. You will be able to die again and offer something up to Jesus, act to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dying daily is a constant, constant giving of yourselves to say that not my will, Lord, but thine. I think it's a beautiful thing that we can have a, a, a reoccurring uh, surrendering, a reoccurring giving to our Father if we would just submit ourselves unto him. Over and over again, he wants this opportunity to be used daily. And, and what would be required to follow him? What intrigued uh, me in this passage is, is that he shared this before. And he says, now, so and going back to the scripture, it says when he said to himself, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever uh, whosoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. Oh, let me go back. It says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So what intrigued me about this is what. He had tell these, he told these guys that they had to take up their cross. This is before he was even crucified. He told them that they needed to take up their cross and follow him. 
And he had not been crucified at this, at this very moment. And, and sure enough, crucifixion was common. Crucifixion was known even today that it was a painful thing. But he was asking these people, he says, anybody that wants to come after me, there is going to be some hard times. There are going to be some painful times. He was letting them know that I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. If you follow me, there's going to be some rough times. You're going to have to take up your cross and you're going to have to bear that cross. So you already know what you're getting into. You know that there's going to be some unknowns and there's going to be some pains. And when we give up things that we've had in our lives for so long, is it not painful? When we want to, uh, well, not when we want to, but when we are fighting to keep things in our lives and someone says, you need to get that out of your life. You need to stop that relationship. You need to get off that job. You need to stop this and you need to quit that kind of hobby to how you pass your time. You need to quit doing what entertains you when nobody's looking. It's hard for some people. And they have not replaced it with something else. So now it's something they could go back to. But it is painful to remove those things out of their lives because they have, uh, have such an attachment to us. But he is telling us that we need to take up our cross and follow him. And it wouldn't be easy. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it, I mean, but if it was easy, it wouldn't be a commitment. Would you agree? If it was easy, it wouldn't be commitment. Now think about the rich young ruler and, and uh, Jesus, they, uh, in the scriptures, it talks about this rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And he said, uh, Master, I have uh, followed all these commandments since I was young. And he told him to do that. And he told him, he says, what can I do to uh, be saved? And he told him, he says, and he told him what he needed to do to be saved. He says, I've done all those since birth. And he says, okay, great. Just go and sell all you have and give it to the poor. And this rich young ruler walked away sad. Did, do you think Jesus knew that he had uh, gained all this wealth and what he had to do to gain all this wealth? Jesus knew. Do you think that Jesus knew that it would be a hard thing for him after doing all this work to gain this, this wealth just to give it to somebody who never even worked for it? Oh, Jesus knew. He knew the very heart of the man that was asking. He knew when the man asked what his motive was. But he wanted to let him know. Now, what I really love about this is he gave him an opportunity. He didn't say, give all your money right now, making you give it. He said, this is, this is the free will that we have. He says, I want it. Give all that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow after me. You have to make that decision today. This is my challenge to you. Well, are you willing to give up and follow him? That thing that you deem so great and that it can never happen again. If, well, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at you, Jesus, and I'm looking at your disciples. And y'all don't look like y'all flossing like I'm flossing. Y'all don't look as clean as I don't look. You don't smell as good as I do. And you want me to give up my lifestyle and follow you? I got a name in this city. I got a pretty nice car. And all I do is see you walking. I got servants and I got people under me. <laughs> and I, I mean, I see you guys are like a loyal band of misfits to me. I just don't know if I want to give that up. I like the prestige. I like how people reverence me when I go into certain buildings. I like how my name is being called out in throughout this city. And for me to give this up, oh, I'm sure it was painful for him. He had accumulated, accumulated much wealth. So I'm sure this was a painful place for him. And some of us don't have as much as this rich young ruler. We may have, but we have our own little world of things that we like to have and like to keep. 
You guys, have you seen people like the hoarders and those people that have valuable things? And when you even touch their things, they are flipping out. They, know they have a need for it and they know that they need it for something. Even though they can't give you a good reason, they don't want you to touch it. And as men and women of God, we should not have that kind of mindset. We should be able to give it willingly, though it may be painful, but that we would trust God and know that what he is asking us for, and he's a perfect gentleman, he's asking us, he's letting us know that if you would give this up, take up on this cross, what a, what a trade-off that is, right? Give me with something that you deem is important to your life and take this cross And what does this cross mean? Oh, this cross means suffering. This cross means that you're going to be without some things. This cross means that you're going to have to bear some things. You're going to keep your mouth closed on some things. You're going to have to hold your peace. Take up on this cross. But know that the benefit, the benefit of walking with the Lord and following after God is that just like the rich young ruler, that the name will be different. People will see you different. Continue to walk with him and follow after him and follow him until the things that you have formed in your little bitty kingdom looks more like him. That when they see you, they see Jesus. When they, when they, see, um, when they see you, they see his love, his love, not yours. Because your love has a limit. But when they see you, they see a heart that will give. They see a heart that it has compassion. They see the, uh, the sinner but not the sin. They have a compassion because they are looking through his eyes as they follow and follow after him. And as you follow and follow after him, you will be able to do the same. You have to make up in your mind, is this a good trade-off? Because maybe you don't want it. And like I said before, you got to know what you're giving up and why you're giving up. Do you want to give up your, these things that you have hold on to in this world because you want to be more like Jesus? Or are you giving up because you want to have a little bit more extra space in the house? Are you giving them up because you want to you just lose a little weight? Are you giving them up for his reasons and his purposes and his plans? Or are you just giving them up because you want to be able to say and tell your friends, I lost this many pounds? Or you want to tell your coworkers that, hey, I cleaned out my garage and I got rid of some stuff. But those things that you want to hold on to, that everybody sees in your life, and, the, and then they say, man, you're, spending, you're still holding on to that thing? You haven't given that thing up yet? That one thing? Come on. Don't be like the rich young ruler and walk away sad because he has asked you for something. And, and, and I, tell, I, I, I would suffice to say that everyone knows, those that are watching online too, you already know what that one thing is. And some of you know that there's more than one thing. But we all know when this word hits you that that one thing is that you, could, that you need to give up and give totally unto God. That one thing that's saying, God, I would be all right if I just didn't have this in my life. How long will you hold on to that? How long will you continue to, to uh, go back and forth of should I give this up or shouldn't I give this up or I'm going to give it to you next year. And I'm going to make that a part of my resolutions. I'm going to make that part of my 2021 goal. I'm going to wean myself off of it. And this is the final part. He says, follow me. And when you follow me, what does that look like? That means that it is timely. Surrender on time. Today is your day. To surrender that thing today. 
And I, do, I just remember growing up in church, and I used to hear the, the old, uh, old people, older people that were in that church. They said, Jesus is coming back. We don't know the day or the hour. He's coming back like a thief in the night. Jesus is coming back. And sometimes we can get desensitized because we said, hey, grandma, didn't, he didn't come when grandma was talking about it. He didn't come when mom and daddy was talking about it. And maybe it don't really look like he's going to come in my generation. Maybe he'll come in my children's generation so I can relax a bit. I can hold on just a little bit longer to this thing that he's asking me for. To turn my life around and follow after him. Give up like the disciples did when he, he found this Peter and his brothers uh, fishing. When he says, hey, I'll make you a fishers of men. Come and follow me. And they immediately, this is what the word of God says, that they dropped their nets and they followed him. What was in them that made them drop their nets and follow after him? What is in you that would make you drop what you have going on and follow after him? Oh, it is in you. I heard the Spirit say that some people don't even think it is in them because they're not disciples, but it is in you. God designed us that way when he created us. He put that in us. He put a hunger for us, for him inside of us. And we go through all our lives trying to fill that void with relationships. We fill it with employment, busyness. You name it. You know what you fill your heart with. You fill your time with. But that void never gets sustained because it is only going to be satisfied with your Lord and Savior. It is inside you. Follow him. Timely. Today, you need to follow after him. And there's going to be a distraction if you do not give up. It will be a distraction to you, and it will make it hard for you to follow after him. I think about uh, uh, Josiah. He was one of the kings of Israel or the king of Judah when Israel split into two kingdoms. And he had to go back. Uh, he was the 20th king of Judah, and he had to go back all the way to King David, which is great, 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 great. And you put all those greats 14 times. His great-grandfather, because his father was not living. He did evil in the sight of God. He had to go all the way back to his great-grandfather, King David, and he was looking into the chronicles of the kings. And at the 20, this 20th king, who was the, actually the last person to do right in the sight of God, because the kings that came behind him, they did evil in the sight of God. But this one king, Josiah, took the kingdom at eight years old. And at 18, he rebuilt the kingdom, uh, the city of David. And then he, uh, re- re- he reformed the community by taking all the idols out of that city so that he could please the Lord. What a follower. And what I love about King Josiah is he did not, he did not say, well, my daddy did it this way, so I'm going to do it like my daddy did it. I was thinking about how when I was in the military and I used to tell my subordinates, hey, shine your shoes. They were so quick to tell me who did not shine their shoes, and that's who they wanted to follow after. And I was like, I don't care. Who is not shining their shoes? I told you I wanted your shoes shine. And if you would look at me, my shoes would be shine. Because I would not tell you something I didn't do. Jesus did not tell you to take up on your cross when he took up his cross. And he's not asking you today to look up on somebody else who's not doing it so that you would have an excuse why you don't have to do it. He is saying, take up your cross and follow me. The disciples didn't look on and say, hey, they're still fishing. I'm going to steal fish. I'll catch you later. They dropped everything that they had, and they followed him. 
What I'm challenging you today, drop everything that you have and follow him. I'm not saying drop your marriage or quit your job. What I'm saying is that you know what those things are that need to be removed from your life. Follow him the way he wants it to be done. Not how you want him to have it, not how you deem it necessary, but how he deems necessary. You're responsible for this word. You have heard it. Some people won't even read the word of God because they don't want to be responsible for it. But I'm telling you today, you are responsible for what you hear on today. And I challenge you to take up your cross, deny thyself, take up your cross and follow him. So if someone uh, if someone today, something has resonated with you, I want to I want to I want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. It's not just myself, but we want to pray for you today. Someone who has been keeping and holding back like Cain and just giving him what we thought that he desired. I want to pray for you. Someone out there that did not know how to follow, but now they want to start. I want to pray for you because it's not going to be easy. Once you make that decision to follow, it is not going to be easy. Somebody's going to be upset. I think about the disciples and how, 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 how um, so off that was when that people that they used to sell fish to, <laughs> they was expecting that fish the next day and they couldn't find Peter and his brothers. Maybe the spouses that they had left at home, they was a little upset because now how am I going to be provided for? Right. God takes care. Trust that when God removes something out of your life that he is going to replace it with something else, and that he will sustain you. Like the word is said, and I have said it already, never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread, but it requires a trust. It requires a trust in God, the same God who created the heavens and the earth. Do you think that he's worried about your little bills? Do you think that he's worried about that your little housing as if he could not provide more for you? If he asks you to remove it, if he asks you to give all that you have and give to the poor, trust that he has something better for you. Not on your timing, but on his time. And I guarantee you it's going to blow your mind. That's how he does it. An unexhaustive supply. Get that in your spirit. That when you are going after the things of God, he has an unexhaustive supply of everything that we could ask or think. Past our imagination, and some of us have some great, some great imaginations. But even past your imagination of what he is able to do. And if you could talk to your brothers and sisters in the faith and ask them their testimonies, they would blow your mind if they were willing to share. I got a lifetime. 45 years old, I got a lifetime of testimonies of what God has done for me and have blown my mind. And I sit before you today that I can stand on this word and say, follow God. So if you're at home right now and if you want to get on your knees, or if you just want to sit where you are and you want to pray, and you're sitting in your car and you're listening to this, I want to pray with you. And I want to pray that, that you then make a decision today to follow after him, to do the things that he would want from you and not to be given to him what you deem that he should have. So, Father God, we just thank you so very much. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity, Lord God, that you have given us, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, for every heart and every soul, Lord God, under the sound of my voice, that you will, Lord God, give them, Lord God, the courage, Lord God, to walk out on the faith, Lord God, to trust you, Lord God, that they would cast down their nets, Lord God, 
And Lord God, they would remove those things that are in their life, Lord God, that you have deemed not necessary for their life. And they would give it over to you, Lord God, and totally and willingly trust you, Lord God, with their lives. That you would orchestrate it like only you can, Lord God. And that void, Lord God, that you have created inside, inside each and every one of us, Lord God, for you, Lord God, that it will be met today, Lord God. Where relationships fail, Lord God, where employment fails, where hobbies fail, Lord God, you will fill it today, Lord God. Lord God, that the addictions, Lord God, that we're removing out of our lives today, we claim it to be so, Lord God, that you will fill it, Lord God, with you, Lord God. Our negative talking, Lord God, our gossiping, Lord God, as we remove it, Lord God, that you will replace it with a song. You will replace it, Lord God, with a word from your very heart, Lord. You will replace it with a revelation, Lord God, for this generation, Lord God, to come to know you, Jesus. Those things, Lord God, that may not be sinful, Lord God, but we have busied ourselves up, Lord God, so we cannot do the work of your kingdom, Lord God. We ask you to remove those things right now, Lord God, that our hands will be free to do what you have called us to do in these last few days, Lord God. Our finances that we have saved for the rainy day, Lord God, we give unto you, Lord God, so that you, Lord God, can have a work for the ministry, Lord God. Our resources, Lord God, our talents, Lord God, they are yours, Lord God. Command, they are yours, Lord God, that you see fit, Lord God. As we are following after you, Lord God, when you call upon us, they are yours. Strengthen the heart and the mind, Lord God. Give them a, a mental fortitude, Lord God, right now, Lord God. They say if you trust, Lord God, what you say is what you God, we need they can walk more. out with you. Purpose for the plans, Lord God. We'll be walked out today. Revelations, Lord God. We'll be walked out today. Jesus. Lord, we thank you so very much, Lord God. For giving us, Lord God, a new day, Lord God. To be your ambassador, a new day. We walk out and follow you, Lord God. Would you pour out your spirit? Yes, Lord God. 